This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everyone, welcome into Mackie and Judd, the podcast where we are going to go full politics today. Actually, not really. We're hoping to avoid politics, but we are going to talk about what's going on in the state of Minnesota. And we'll have a scoop session with our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson. How comfortable do you feel with the idea of walking into even a half full stadium at some point later on in 2020? But this show is powered in large part by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been a partner of our show for a number of years. And they've been a partner for business owners in the state of Minnesota for more than a number of years, for over 100 years, based in Owatonna, Minnesota. Federated has experience standing behind business owners. They view their main quality as your success. Their value is measured by the success of their clients. It is our business to protect yours. That is the slogan at Federated. And Federated, during these pandemic times, is here with trusted resources you may need during uh, the reopening of businesses, or maybe you need different communication plans for your employees. All of those trusted resources are available at federatedinsurance.com, or you can also call your local marketing representative as well. Remember, at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. I won't be up here freezing my ass off so you all enjoy the winter. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I'm a patio guy. I'm not going to lie. I like to uh, sit on the patio of local establishments and sip myself a little little cocktail. I'm with you 100%. I love me a patio season. A little claw. Yeah. Cheeseburger. Do you want to call Topless, ahead to appetite. reserve your spot on the patio? <laughs> because there's only my place. Bunnings probably seats. 25 or 30 on its patio, and I don't even know if it's Bunnings worth their patio? while. Yeah, they've got a patio right by the parking lot, but it's not real big, and I'm very curious to see if it's even worth their time to open that sucker up or not. Man, so, well, that's that's what we're going to dive into off the top here, yeah. just everything that now, changed. Now, Fletcher's, Fletcher's, they're Maynard's, they're going to be okay. Yeah, Psycho Susie's probably in good shape, right? But, but then again, like, a lot of these places... You know, you might think oh, they've got massive patios, but they also have massive indoor seating areas, too. And it costs a lot to open and operate and just all the different things that go into running a business that like we don't really know anything about. But so we got to talk about the updates to restaurants and and bars and other establishments. But I just want to set some ground rules for us and for the audience here, because I think Judd and I throughout the years have prided ourselves on. Even if we don't agree politically with our listeners, we all have this common ground. We've all gone through Minnesota heartbreak together. Like you come to our show 
to listen to us blab about the 1998 Vikings, right? Like, or Kirk Cousins contract. So we fully understand our place in your life and in the world. Um, and I don't want this discussion to be overly political. I'd, I'd like it to be about practicality and just like our thoughts as humans. And I like one of my biggest pet peeves about coronavirus and this whole last 60 days is just how political everything is. I actually saw a survey yesterday that surveyed media audiences and like, I won't bore you guys with the nuts and bolts, but it was basically like every possible thing that you could associate with COVID-19 people's level of angst. When people thought the worst was, is it behind us or is it in front of us? Mm -hmm. Are you comfortable going into a restaurant? Like everything, like every type of question that would run through your mind, surveying mass audiences and then like associating Republican Democrat to the answers. And it's literally like, Every answer is 80% of Democrats think this, right? but 90% of Republicans think this. It's like very, there's very, there are very few 50, 50 splits and it, I don't, I'm not smart enough to know how we got here or, or why that is, but I am smart enough to know that anything we talk about regarding COVID-19, even if it's how comfortable do you feel being in a stadium, which is not a political discussion. It is a personal safety and health and human discussion. I'm not dumb enough to know that like there, there is clearly politics behind every question that we would ask. And so with that, I just want to know for you guys, how comfortable are you sitting on a patio drinking a beer on June 1st, which is what Governor Tim Walls uh, instituted yesterday, new restrictions that allow bars and restaurants to open, but they have to abide by outdoor dining only, six feet distance between customers, staff wears masks recommended that customers wear masks Uh maximum of 50 capacity at any given time maximum of four per table six if in the same family i don't know how they determine that and how do we yeah and how do we determine the entire thing um i will say the most non-political selfish thing possible and and in my opinion it's the smartest approach i am happy for everything that opens up because those who choose to do it are my test case like june 1st i ain't going anywhere but you know yeah. what? If by June 30th things are going hunky dory, I might be going out. Yeah. And if by June 30th people are getting sick and toppling over, I won't be going out. So I appreciate those instead of like our problem is and Phil, this gets back to my long held contention of why I love sports because we can debate sports and go back and forth and even start screaming. But at the end of the day, you well, know we have what? Gla- we have glass between us. Yeah, now too. exactly. Great, I yeah. could pound on the glass. Hey. Um, but at the end end of the day, we just get done and it's just done. I mean, it's sports, right? So like you don't go to your car. Th- I don't think th- thinking about LeBron or Jordan or something. The you only might. time I ever did is when you held on to your opinion that the Vikings made a mistake by passing on Aaron yeah. Rodgers in 2000. It's a terrible thing to do. But anyway, but anyway, the fact is sports is great to debate because the debate is just done. Um, I feel like it debates about like is COVID-19 a political op by the Democrats, um, some type of ploy or real. I feel like those things just cross this weird line and I have no interest in truly debating them because it's just too much. Uh, but I do, I do have a very strong feeling that in the reopening of the state and states across the country, it's going to serve as a good indicator probably of what I'm comfortable doing after the fact. Yeah. I think this is like, this is where I am so torn. I also am with you. And that I want as many things to open safely as possible. I understand that it's hard. It's it's hard to please more than like 40 percent of any different pocket of people. And that if this is where Tim Walls is 
quite frankly, just screwed. Like, it is a complete no-win. If he says, hey, I hear you business owners, I hear you rural Minnesota, I hear you up north where the population density is not what it is in Hennepin County, mm-hmm. but listen, for safety reasons and everything that that I am gathering as the governor from scientists and and uh, and pandemic experts, we are going to keep these businesses closed. There will be a riot. Like, we're already seeing pushback. Like, we're 60 days into this thing, and we're seeing, you know, pushback that is that is pressuring the governor into opening things. So if he keeps things closed, it's going to get ugly. There's going to be more and more people losing jobs. There's going to be, there's going to probably be more unrest than we've seen in this. Like, if he were to keep these things closed, like, there would be more unrest than we've seen at any point in my life in the state of Minnesota. So on the flip side... If he opens everything up, yep. which is what a lot of people want as well. Right. Yes. In theory, like people are going to be the, the economy will be stimulated to some extent. I don't know if it'll be stimulated to the extent that it would have been at three months ago or whatever. But mm-hmm. but you're also going to spike deaths, mostly of older people. And you're going to you're going to scare the crap out of mostly left leaning citizens based on the data. Like there is no win in this. If you're Governor Walls. Zero. Yeah. Where I stand is if we can open up as many things as possible and be safe and take precautions and don't chastise the Judd Zolgads who want to just stay home and ride it out for 30 days and see what happens. And on the flip side, you know what? Like the Judd Zolgads probably shouldn't chastise the people that want to get back into a bar on June 1st if they do it safely. Right. Like that. Like I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around. Like my point is selfishly, I almost I would prefer as a human to see them do it safely. But I almost don't care. I want to. I want them to test it. Do they get sick? If they don't get sick, it tells me something. Mm-hmm. If they do get sick, it tells me something. So, so I, I guess I'm tr- I'm trying to find selfishly the personal positive in, in the reopening instead of just making a, a declarative statement. Well, this is stupid, and people might get sick. Yes, they might. But if they do, then guess what? It's going to get scaled back. My only my other thing though. When it comes to the uh, thing that we follow and cover full time in sports, I don't want them to screw this up to the fact that we go back into okay, we got to shut everything down again. Yeah, that that's my that's that's the greatest fear because I want baseball to start, I want football to start on time. I don't know that it will, but and if we rush things, and I don't think we are, but if we were to rush things. And things go sideways and really bad, then things close again. That's a problem for Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgat, Declan Goff. For sure. So, but but I basically have just this whole thing has become so sad because it's it's all polarizing arguments that, as you said at the outset of the show, are driven by basically largely political beliefs. I've decided to adopt the philosophy of okay, what can I learn from this, and what can I, and what's going to help me the most what's going to help me is hey people are going to bunnies and no one got sick i can go there Mm -hmm. uh what's going to help me though is if we don't have an outbreak because now hey baseball starting we have something to talk about so whatever you do my only advice to the politicians is don't screw it up and that and but but back to your point that's where it becomes a no win because what is the right decision if, if you're tim walls who by the way Seems like a very likable guy. There's I not, do like him. As, as, yes. And, and the, the thing that, that bothers me, I think, the most is, and this is not a Republican or a Democratic thing. This is 
this is a human thing and it's across the board. Everyone's guilty of it. The lack of empathy and understanding sometimes during like this is a unique to our lifetime situation right here. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. And I think we just have to have some patience and be empathetic toward the fact that the ones that are in charge of making these decisions would anyone want to sign up for those jobs? No. Like, would anyone want well, to be the governor of a state right that's now? And that's why we Absolutely don't. Not. And that's why right. most of us say no across the board in good times. Like, like the, one of the biggest things I saw yesterday, and, it, and it's a valid question. I think I have an answer for it, but it, just in my own head. So restaurants and bars can open up to, you know, outdoor seating and six feet distance. Salons, tattoo, so tattoo parlors. That's yeah, big for me. And barber shops can open up. At 25% capacity, six feet of distance between customers. So you can go get a tattoo or you can go get a haircut or whatever inside. My dad in Arizona went and got a haircut yesterday and like wore his mask. He's got COPD and I've told him, please do not just literally don't go to, but he's stubborn. Uh, and he like he waited outside in a line of nine people. All Older people being stuff. stubborn. I don't know what you're talking no. about. Never. But, Mackie being stubborn? Yeah, well. I know. I know. Right. But gyms and movie theaters must stay closed. And I think a lot of people are looking at. Some of the businesses that are open, Mm -hmm. some that are closed, like, wait a second, Uh, going to the gym is going to help my health, right? If I can stay strong and stay fit and like, that's the argument that people are going to make. Why can't I go into the gym? Why can't the gym be at 25% capacity? And, you know, we've got wipes and everything. We've got like, there's some gyms I've seen in other states that have glass put between all of the cardio machines and stuff like. It's a valid question that people are asking. Well, why can I go get a tattoo? Why can I go drink a beer on a patio, but I can't go work out? Like, why can I sit six feet from someone on a patio with no glass between us, but I can't go ride the elliptical machine for 30 minutes so my fat ass doesn't, you know, get yeah. diabetes? Or it's like, yeah. um, and I don't, like, I guess my answer to that would be, well, a lot of the gyms like Snap Fitness and Anytime Fitness, a lot of them maybe only have one well, manager who isn't there all the time. And how would you monitor 25% capacity? Back to your word, though. Because I think this is this is the thing I don't get about humans. As you said, empathy is the key word. And I would remind people that we are like, this is what drives me crazy, not just about humans, but adults as well, Phil. What drives me crazy is there comes a point in time where we look to people and are like, he's an elected official. He should have the answers. Okay. This is a pandemic. First one that's gotten into the country since 1919, I believe, Spanish flu. On this level. On this level, okay? Nobody knows, including Tim Walls, and this isn't assessing blame, exactly what they're doing. They are literally, and I say this, I say this not in a negative way. They are literally making it up as they go because they are trying for the most part, I think. And I'm not saying every elected official is. I'm sure there are some who are corrupt. I don't believe Walls is, but I'm sure that that in the country there are some on both sides of the Republican and Democratic Party who are corrupt. But they're making thing they're making it up to do the best that they can. Yeah. So so like if you sit him down and you're like, why don't you open gyms? I'm sure he has a reason, and I'm sure that the science might say why. But it's still basically him trying to do the best that he possibly can. But it's a guess. And and what drives me crazy about the adult world is this feeling of, well, this person should know. We're humans. None of us really know. Now, now if this was pandemic number 14, then we'd be like, oh, you know what? The past pandemic yes. tells us this and that. But at some point in time, I think it's okay to throw your hands up and say, you know, 
I'm doing the best I can, but I don't really know for sure. Yeah. And uh, his quote yesterday, just to read a couple lines from it, these health guidelines are not an impediment to open our economy. They're the key to opening our economy. Customers are going to make the choice. Consumers are going to go back when they're safe, which fully agree with that. Give people the choice. Restaurants and bars are integral to what make Minnesota great. They make life just a little bit better, but added the virus won't allow business as usual. While it's not perfect, it's safe, and we're moving the dial. It's so maddening. I know there's so much about this virus uh, that is predictable, and there's so much that is unpredictable. The one thing we can control is how we act, what we do. In the past three months, we've tried to make sure that when people do get sick, uh, they can go to the hospital and get the treatment that they need. Uh, So it's like I, I just keep going back to the fact that whether you are a Republican or a Democrat, this is hard. Mm-hmm. There is no concrete right way to do this. I think if it were me in charge, I would be a little bit more aggressive in opening up businesses. Just like because, listen, in two weeks, you can always shut it back down if you need to. And I know that from a sports standpoint, like I think there's sports over here and then there's re- like these are different categories. If you start sports prematurely and you have to shut it all down, that's a slow moving semi-truck right Mm -hmm. it's just a bigger entity Mm -hmm. um i would err on the side of let's just we've all been used to now for 70 days social distancing and wearing masks and having these different restrictions let's open up some businesses the way that we are and let's see what happens let's be safe let's be respectful let's not judge people if somebody is a little bit further along on one end of the spectrum in terms of fear or safety like let's not let's not Let's not sit here and shame people for how they feel about this. Let's let's be respectful. And I feel like that's something we just lack in general right yeah. now. And, and so. I think that's what is so like puzzling to me is even if you don't agree with Walls' plan, at least there is a new plan. Like if he would have just said, you know what, we're going to be in the holding pattern for the stay at home and everything's still shut down for indefinitely. I can see where the rest like the restless gets crazy. But there are steps that are being taken that he's put in place. And instead of going from zero to 100, let's take literally a step at a time. And if each thing goes well, we'll continue to open up things. So that's where I'm at with it. And it, I, I, I trust the leaders. I'm putting a lot of eggs in their basket, but I'd rather trust them over people and tweets and opinionated people that I see on Twitter. And I think that's the biggest problem is people see an opinion on Twitter and they just think, oh, that's the end all be all. When it's like, you know what? No matter if you're a Democrat or Republican, like, let's honestly, just for a minute, trust the leadership involved and see where it takes us. And that's kind of where he, I'm at. Here's part of the problem, though. Somewhere along the line, science and data also became politicized. Right. Like, like this is the first time in my life that scientific information is always viewed as right, but th- but but that's a scientist that's aligned with Democrats, or that but no, but that's a re- that's a Republican scientist, and so like everything is viewed to have an agenda right now, whether it does or doesn't. Like literally everything, yeah. like well, that comes from the top. Uh, yes, so it's it yes. is, it's a it's a frustrating time to sift through but, everything. But my my personal advice is don't trust the politicians. Trust your gut. Like my gut says, June first. I'm not doing it. I appreciate those who are, but I don't think that this is, I think we, we too often get caught up as people looking for guidance and sometimes that's fine. And when you're a kid, that's great. But as adults, I think that you got to trust your gut, trust your instinct, trust your, Hey, you know what? It's safe to go out or no, it's not. And if you have that weird feeling that it might be a bad idea, 
you don't need to go to Twitter or you don't need to go to a Tim Walls press conference to be like, you know what, I'm going to stay home. It's really that simple to me. I'm yeah. trusting. I am trusting myself. And the science is instructive. But the number one thing that's going to make me feel that things are even close to being, you know, back to where I am comfortable go- going out. That's just going to be basically myself. Yeah. I'm not looking for a politician to tell me that. So, oh, and we'd love to hear from you guys. If you want to tweet us at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgad, uh, at Dex's tweets, we're always checking Twitter throughout the day. You can also hit us up on Instagram and uh, you can email me at pmackey at scorenorth.com as well. So that's yeah, just, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. I'm looking forward to taking a step forward. There's clearly more cars on the road now than there were a month ago. A month ago, it was a freaking apocalypse on the roads. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There was no that, traffic whatsoever. That first night of the stay-at-home order when it was intact. I live in the North Loop, and it's a pretty. I mean, it's tucked away enough where it's not crazy on First Street. But like, if it's a normal Friday night, there's people walking around and and not being raucous, but you can hear people walking. I just went outside and stood in the middle of the street. And it was apocalyptic. It was terrifying. It was like, this is eerie. It, it felt like a, and it was a nicer day in late March. So it was like 40 or 50 degrees, but it seriously felt like late December, like polar vortex. No one is outside because it's so cold and the elements around you are terrifying. Yeah, it was freaky. It was Twilight Zone. Kind of want to go. Like, I, I, I wish I'd like, see Times Square. Yeah, it's creepy. yeah, that's freaky. Times Square. That's honestly odd. Take a bowling ball and throw it right down Times Square. It wouldn't hit a soul. I would be down for like once a year for two weeks. Just clear the roads. Like I would be good <laughs> for like a two week quarantine. Well, once here's a year. Where, here's where I will. My, my vote for walls is going to be based on one thing. If all of the road construction projects aren't done, but by the time we all go back, my vote's going elsewhere. <laughs> Like, this is the one, no, seriously, this is the one year, all of your damn road construction projects better be done. Like, if we if we go back to full traffic, and now there's cones set up, I'm going to be like, no, this is BS. Yeah, well, These guys worked during. I got news for you. Get it all done. <laughs> get it all. I, yeah, 35W has been under construction since I was born in yeah, 1985. Same. Okay, can we They just redid it, and now they're redoing what yeah. they redid, I swear to God. Yeah, just put, just put nine lanes on each side, Didn't okay? They redo if you have to it? move some houses, just do it. Didn't they redo redo it when you were in college yes and then it got done yes. right they did it like 12 years ago okay and now it's being done again Correct. And, and then they had to redo all the bridges though above them that was the, like also a big part of the issue too so how could they not get the bridges dude i don't know. i won't even ask even on fifth avenue yesterday, this is my new role in government like, i went to i went out i've been walking by target field every day for good and bad reasons like i I'm ex- I, I literally just poke my little head between the stadium and, and the gates because i just want to see baseball but also it's clearly very depressing but there was a man on Fifth Avenue, like two blocks from there, doing chipping into an empty parking lot because there's no cars there. Like it was four o'clock, <laughs> yeah. like four with or like, five like, p.m. Like with a pitching wedge, with a pitching wedge, and like softballs. So like not a soft golf ball. So not like an actual golf ball. But I stood there and watched this guy like, in front of a brewery, inside I think, just doing a little chipping because there's no one on the road and there's no one in the parking lot. Wow. It's amazing. It's amazing. We got to get into uh, this greeny exchange with Jason Hare too. Our buddy Mike Greenberg, ruffling feathers of the director of The Last Dance. Good for Greeny, by the way. And a, a scoop with Doogie here. Uh, thank you. In terms of places that have been open all along, Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard has not only been open, but they've been taking precautions to keep you safe, to keep their team members safe. From a service perspective, if you need even an oil change or if it's something uh, bigger that you need done on your vehicle, maintenance of some kind, 
Luther Brookdale Toyota has set up a no-contact system, including electronic checkout, to make it safe and easy for you. From a car buying experience, they're offering 90 days deferred payment on both new and used vehicles and 0% financing on 2020 Camrys, RAV4s, and Tacomas. And if you want to test drive one of those vehicles, they will bring the vehicle to you. You can schedule a test drive, and they'll just drive it out to you, and everything will be safe. You can social distance. And you can check out some of the brand new technology and safety features in these new cars. Super, super helpful and safe. That's what uh, I would say about the people at Luther Brookdale Toyota right now. 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. All right, so Jordan had a lot of say in this. And, you know, you don't see Scottie Pippen going around promoting this. You don't see Scottie Pippen going on podcasts or radio interviews talking about how great his time was there. And like, that's, a, that's interesting to me that Michael Jordan would portray his ride or die, a guy in his Hall of Fame speech that said he couldn't do anything without Scottie, that he would allow that. That's like, you know, look, I didn't win an NBA champion but I won a college championship and I've written a book. You know, you didn't hear me paint a picture of Shane Battier or Mike Dunleavy or Chris Duhon in a negative light. All right. That was, that was Jay Williams from ESPN. So yesterday on Twitter, our friend and executive producer of the Mackie and Judd show, <laughs> Mike Greenberg from ESPN's get up. He tweeted, Michael Jordan is entitled to tell his story. However, he sees fit. But if I'm Scottie Pippen, there is no question I am furious about the way I was depicted in The Last Dance. The director of The Last Dance, Jason Hare, who joined this show about two months ago, actually. Great interview. Mostly because of the questions that were being asked. Great Great question. Jason Hare replies, in what way? (laughs) In what way was Scottie Pippen depicted poorly? And I don't think Greeny responded but how do you feel about the depiction of Scottie Pippen in The Last Dance? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interpret Jason Hare, the director's response, as if I could just sort of put words in his mouth saying, we didn't depict Scottie Pippen in, like, we just depicted Scottie Pippen how he should have been depicted throughout the 1990s. Okay, so, and I think we talked about this a couple weeks back, the Ken Burns thing, right? So Ken Burns... And he apologized, I think, to Jason Hare for this after the fact. But anyway, Ken Burns came out and basically said, it's not only a documentary, you know, it's more of, I think, a Jordan project and blah, blah, blah. And and look, The Last Dance was, I thought, great. Okay? I'd probably watch it again. Ten-part series. Came along at a perfect time. Saw a lot of fun stuff. Heard a lot of fun, interesting stories. And so I come away from that experience a definite fan. Mm Mm-hmm. But Jason Hare needs to give up a little bit on this whole thing of this was a documentary in which he's trying to make it sound like Jordan didn't have control and Jordan did have control. Yes. And let me say this about that. I'm okay with it. Like, Michael Jordan sat down for eight hours. If they had told him, Michael, we need you to sit down eight hours and your involvement is going to be that and only that and you will have no other say in this project and you will like it. Michael Jordan would have told Uh, Jason Hare, something that began with an F and included a U, and that would have been that and walked out. Mm -hmm. So so I enjoyed it. Last Dance, I liked it. But we've sort of crossed this weird threshold of Jason Hare trying to pretend like, well, no, it was all depicted accurately. And there's and and Jason, you can come out and say, look, Michael had to say, okay, 
That doesn't make it a bad project. Yes. But but to but to somehow act like this was going down the middle road of this was the Bulls and Jordan uh, without any bias. It's not that story, and that so, and that's okay. So I'd have to kind of do an I'd have to go back and do a little bit more of an inventory here, and just kind of go through some of the stuff with Scottie Pippen. It's not like it's not like they took something that was neutral and then slanted it negatively. He quit on the team okay. at the end of a right. playoff game at one point. Right, right. But here's here's where here's where as a project it crossed the line that made it a Jordan project. Nobody took, I don't think, what Michael said about Scotty to Scotty on an iPad and said, watch this and react. So like when Jordan's like, oh, yeah, the migraine, which was an, an obvious dig, mm-hmm. an obvious dig about something that I'm told is debilitating and un, unplayable. You can't do life with a migraine, Jordan, right? Jordan would have played. It, but that's the point. Nobody, nobody. Far, far for the play. It depends how bad the headache is. Do I, did I have a headache? Maybe. Maybe. No, nobody took the iPad to Scotty Pippen and and said, okay, Scotty, watch this, react to it. Mm-hmm. They did that with Michael at every turn. Yeah. And it made for a fun project. But that's where this crossed the line of this was a Jordan project. I will. So I, I, I could, I could play both sides of the fence on this where I agree with you is the documentary could have been called the last word with Michael Jordan because he literally got the last word on every single thing on the flip side in terms of covering something objectively. And they did do little dives into how much Jordan's teammates hated him. And they did little dives into, uh, you know, like not everything in Jordan's personal life, but Jordan's low moments. Yes, it's slanted toward Michael Jordan. I think they probably could have covered for Scottie Pippen a little bit more. Did they go as deep into Michael Jordan's flaws as they did into into Scottie Pippen's flaws? No. Did Michael Jordan have more moments where he probably rose above adversity and just got lucky and wasn't injured or whatever? Right. Did Michael Jordan train better or differently to not have a back injury in 1997-98? Like, there's all kinds of questions that are sort of impossible to answer. But the three things you keep going back to with Pippen in this documentary are... And you tell me if these are dumping on Pippen unnecessarily or if they are just depicted objectively and, hey, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. The migraine. I thought they dumped on him a little bit with the migraine. All right. I, I, I agree with you on that one. Like Michael Jordan, it was like a passing comment. You know, Scotty had the migraine and then he kind of rolled his eyes a little bit. And it was, it was subtle, but he kind of rolled his eyes a little bit. And, right. And, he, and you could tell he's like, I love Scotty, but like. If you could translate what he was thinking, it's like, I love Scotty and he's great, but like, right. come on, play through a headache. You could tell that's what he was thinking. Um, the back injury. Scotty Pippen could barely bend over to pick up a basketball in the NBA finals at the end of that run in game six. Um, and it was it was depicted as like Scotty Pippen checked out of that game 30 seconds in after he dunked the first time mm-hmm. and was just worthless. And Michael Jordan was, you know, like, you know, I had to carry the team again. So I went back and watched that game. It was on NBA TV two nights ago. Mm-hmm. I watched that game in its entirety for two hours. It was on kind of in the background. Scottie Pippen played so much more in that game than you would have thought just watching the last dance. Like he played the first six, like the back got tweaked on a dunk on the first offensive possession. He played like six minutes into the first quarter, then went back. Right. He wasn't like gone from the game. Right. So he, no, he only scored like six or eight points and he was mostly a decoy. <laughs> but like the documentary, the documentary made it seem like 
Scottie Pippen disappeared and Michael Jordan had to carry this whole thing. When you watch the game back, it's like, and maybe Declan, can you look up like how many minutes Scottie Pippen played in that game? Maybe I'm misremembering, but like watching the game back, he played way more than I would have thought watching the last that game six and 98. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then the quitting thing, I thought he deserved every bit of dumping that he does that, that he got in the documentary when he quit in that playoff game against the Knicks. Cause he was, pouting because Phil Jackson drew up right. a play for Tony Kukoc. Like, he deserved if Pippen, heat for that. if Pippen, so let's reverse this and say Pippen has final say. He's got the last word, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a very good chance that if you took a guy like Scotty and said, okay, 93, Michael walks. And Michael doesn't get the last word now. And Scotty Pippen very easily could, could have said, yeah, some personal problems, Bur- burned out, really. Yeah, we we could have won. Yeah, eight titles. Like if you if you played on those teams yep. with Jordan, again, a completely unforgiving. You, you talk about a person who who lacks your word empathy. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan lacks complete empathy for people. So if Scottie Pippen had the last word, Scottie Pippen very easily could have reversed um, his situation and said, "Yeah, but let's talk about Michael Jordan walking away in his prime." Yeah. You know, right. so so that's where, but it, I loved it. I thought this whole thing was fun. I just think that if you are the, if you are Jerry Krause's family or Pippen, I could easily see where you said, "Boy, did I get the short end of that stick." So I found it here, and, and maybe Declan found it too. So Scotty in Game Six played twenty six minutes. Mm-hmm. They made it, and, and ordinarily he would have played like forty minutes. So he definitely didn't play as many minutes, but they made it seem like. Man, he dunked that ball and yeah. then like was writhing on the ground in pain and was just in the back the whole time. Yeah. Like he played twenty five minutes in that game. Uh, the game before that, he also played with a tweaked back. He played forty five minutes. Now he went two of sixteen from the field because he just like didn't have it physically, but grabbed eleven rebounds. And of course, that kind of gets glossed over too. So I see it from both sides a little bit. I think, I think any sort of documentation of Michael Jordan as a basketball player and Scottie Pippen as a basketball player and Michael Jordan as a leader versus Scottie Pippen as a leader over that decade period is going to make Michael Jordan look better than Scottie Pippen because Michael Jordan was a better leader. He was an abrasive leader, but he was a better leader. Michael Jordan was a better basketball player and Michael Jordan didn't have the injury problems that Scottie Pippen had. So just like just by that with that context, Michael Jordan will look better than Scottie Pippen. But I'm greedy. When you, I I agree with Mike on this one on, on his tweet. I could completely see where Scottie Pippen would say, "Boo, boy, that didn't come off very well." It it's like Scottie Pippen had uh, three warts, and they're like, you know what, we got to do, we got to feature all <laughs> let's of go these. Deep on them let's all. let's yeah. show these warts up close and personal in HD. And he did have warts, but so did Jordan. But Jordan got the last word on Jordan's warts. Hey, Michael, you didn't gamble. Oh, no, no, no. That was not, not a problem. For sure. I'm just competitive. I'm not criticizing the project, but where Greeny, what Greeny, what you read, he tweeted, and then Jason Hare's response of why. I think Jason Hare needs to come to grips with the fact that he participated in a project that gave one guy the last word. And Carl Malone didn't appear because he's smart. Because Carl Malone knew if that's a Jordan project, guess who's going to look bad? Carl Malone. If, and even more so for Brian to, Russell. And if you went back, yeah. And if you w- went back to Gary Payton right now and said, we can take you out of the last dance, my guess is Gary Payton saying, good, because Gary Payton looked like an idiot. Well, Gary, every everything leading up to he Jordan taking to. the iPad, 
Like everything Gary Payton said made sense. His confidence. Yes. I don't. I don't agree with Gary Payton. It's not as simple as boy. If he would have started guarding Michael Jordan in Game One, the Sonics would have, like. There's no way the Sonics would have won that series. I'm sorry. Jordan would have rose above, and they would have been. But they made him look worse. Right. But when he goes through his like, man, if if I would have guarded Jordan the whole series, mm-hmm. things would have been different. I just love to see the way it would have played out. And then they hand Jordan the iPad, and he starts laughing at Gary Payton. That's dunking on Gary Payton. So the, the iPad. I'm, I'm okay with all of this. The the iPad was the kiss of death. When Jordan <laughs> got that, you knew you were going to just get roasted. Yes. Well, the other thing too here is sometimes in projects like that, and really in anything, you just have to trust the consumer to some extent. You know, hey consumer, Michael Jordan <laughs> is going to be prominently featured in a documentary about his Bulls teams. And he had the green light on the project. So we're going to trust you, the consumer, to know that this is all Michael yeah. Jordan's worldview. And if it were told through a different prism, like if it were, to- if it were told through Dennis Rodman's worldview, it'd probably be blurry for 10 episodes. But <laughs> Nothing but F-bombs, too. Right. I don't care. Let's, a, let's catch up with our friend Doogie here. And by the way, that's the last thing. Can we now allow swearing on cable? Yes. Yeah. Now that, he, now that Disney has greenlit Can it with ESPN. Can we please just allow swearing on cable? An- an effective f bomb is. I'm not. I'm not saying no, that play by play guys. Yeah. But an effective f bomb is fantastic. I agree with Judd on this one. Yep. Let's open up the floodgates. Let's just be able to say anything we want. I love it. The c word too. No, e- not that. Even word. on the radio, you know. Thanks, oh, wait, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll catch up with Doogie here. All right, welcome back, Mackie and Judd here. Let's uh, let's get our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson in from Five Eyewitness News. And the Scoop podcast, which you can find on scorenorth.com, Apple, and Spotify. Inside information and notes and news about our local sports teams. Uh, Doogie, blank canvas this week here as we go into uh, two and a half months without live sports. What's in your scoop bag for us today? Whatever you want to be in that scoop bag, Phil. I actually was on the phone this morning on my drive in. By the way, happy belated birthday. Thank you, sir. For on air shake, happy belated birthday. I look forward to one day celebrating with you in person. Who knows when that will be? I'm looking forward to getting a haircut at some point. I'm looking forward to many things, Phil, including watching sports at some point. What but does wait, like, what does long haired Doogie look like right now? I'm a mess. Seriously, my bedhead is disgusting. I mean, even my <laughs> wife has called me out on it. She's willing to cut my hair. I'm not willing to let her cut my hair. Why not? I'm to drive to Wisconsin. Like, I think, as far as I know, because I'm losing track on a day-to-day basis, what's allowed, what isn't allowed, what's open, what isn't open. But as far as I know, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen, if I want to drive to Wisconsin at some point here, I can go get a haircut. I think you can, but... I- Why don't you let your, your lovely wife cut your hair, Doogie? Why? Because, Judd, I saw what she did to our five-year-old. <laughs> Dude, it's That's just hair off the top of your head. It'll grow back. I, I've been begging Dawn. I'm like, please cut my hair. She's like, no, we don't have the correct scissors. I'm like, I just go get the correct scissors. No, I'm freaked out. I don't know the next time I need to be on camera, even if it's a Zoom chat. And I get it. I have a face made for radio. So I'm already, you know, behind the eight ball don't when it comes all. to actually being on camera, being on television, being on Channel 5. So the last thing I need is for my wife to just destroy my hair. Uh, and that's a wrap on the scoop here with Doogie today. You can find his work on Five Eyewitness News and the Scoop. I'm coming podcast. to your house. She's cutting my hair. Then <laughs> I don't know if we want you in our house, Judd. I don't know all the people you've been around, everything you've touched. Although see, that's why I'm lost, guys. I mean, I just saw a study from the CDC that now they're saying that you know it's it's not you know like if I touch a door handle. And then, you know, I'm positive, and then you touch that door handle. We thought maybe a few weeks ago, okay, it was like an automatic, right? If you touch that door handle, 
if there's somebody positive touched that door handle, you would then test positive. Now I see the CDC study that says no. You know, it's 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 not you know being transferred as as maybe quickly and and as violently as as maybe we thought. So I'm just I'm lost. I've hit a wall in so many different ways. Whatever <laughs> this is, 65 of the quarantine. Is it really in quarantine? I mean, my sister-in-law, God love her. I won't say what city she lives in, North Metro, but I won't give the specific city. She's turning 41 this weekend. She put on Facebook that she's throwing a party. Now, I don't know. We're not going, but, like, can I hold somebody against, you know, like, if, if you want to go, who am I to say don't go? She might like, be arrested, dude. We duty. have our rights. We have our choices to make. Throwing in the clinic. You, my wife and I are not going. We're not going to that party with 40 other people, but if they want to host 40 people on Sunday afternoon and Sunday night, you know what? By all means, go for it, right? Because at some point we need to live our lives because I don't think the virus is going anywhere, and I get it. I get everything that everybody said, that it's not about you. It's about the other people. Wear your mask. I'm all about wearing my mask. Like, I'm not going to draw a line on, on not wearing a mask. I wear a mask when I go to Target, when I go to Costco, have to at Costco, other spots. But I'm just saying, like, if you want to go to a party and hang out with some friends, and it's like, to me, it's an arbitrary number. Like, explain to me why it's a group of 10. You know, why can restaurants starting June 1st have outdoor seating, but, like, to get to a rooftop, you need to go inside a lot of joints, right, to get to the rooftop. You're going to have to go inside to go to the bathroom. So, like, I don't know. Just a lot of it seems arbitrary to me. I'm a wuss. Like, I'm, like, a month behind all of the other trends. I had my first social distance driveway friend gathering a couple days ago. Yeah. Like the first time, like all, people have been doing the driveway gatherings for, for weeks and you know. weeks where yeah. I like, sit in the driveway with a cooler and we'll sit 10 feet apart and we'll just hang out. I had not done any of that until a couple nights ago. And it was great. Put down a couple tall boy claws. We told some jokes. We hung out for a couple hours. The problem is when you're drinking tall boys, that's when the bladder starts to bark. And so at one point I did have to ask, listen, can I go in? Like, I won't take any wrong turns. Can I go in and use your bathroom? And they were cool with it. But that's the, well, that's I mean, the problem. That's when judgment gets clouded. So I get that. Like, I have no desire to drive, you know, to Prescott this weekend to go to a bar. I don't. At some point, yes, but not this particular weekend. But I'm just saying, I'm not going to be one to judge others if they choose to gather around a bunch of friends. Like, you know, it's a group of 10 or it's a group of 20. Like, what? what's the difference? What's the difference between 10 and 20? I, I really, I need somebody to explain that to me. You know, and I just, I, I think... You know, depending on what doctor or what expert you talk to, there's varying opinions. So I don't even know at this point who to trust. But anyway, Phil, what I was getting at when you said, hey, the canvas is yours, the floor is yours, I talked to a source close to Dalvin Cook on my drive-in this morning. Talks have been productive on a contract extension. Talks actually started at the Combine. But when I say that talks have been productive, my sense is talks really haven't gotten off the ground. Now, all it takes is one new conversation one new phone call, potentially an offer, you know, and I know history suggests that the Vikings oftentimes get these extensions done right around training camp, but I believe they got Adam Thielen done prior to training camp. They got Kyle Rudolph done prior to training camp. Judd, you might remember this better than me, but Adrian Peterson's second contract, I think that was done in April. So I'm just saying, I mean, this front office, it varies. Like, I know conventional wisdom says, yeah, like, they'll get it done late July or maybe a couple days into training camp like they did with Stephon Diggs a couple years ago and others. But I'm just saying, you know, it could get done at any point. I do think there's enough interest both sides to get a deal done. It just comes down to how much are the Vikings willing to pay him. 
And does he really want Christian McCaffrey money? Does he really want Ezekiel Elliott money? He's not getting it. Or is he willing to settle for a bit less? If he's willing to settle for a bit less, I think the Vikings will take good care of him. Dukes, how, how much, too, does the uh, current economic climate affect things potentially as well? Because I'm guessing that the price of poker, let's say back in February, has changed now that we sit here in the midst of a pandemic that's going to cost everybody in sports revenues. Uh, so how much different could the Cook contract look or could talks uh, with potential um, extensions be different now because of the fact that salary caps are certainly going to be affected and just heck across the board income for teams is going to be affected. It's an interesting angle, Judd. I only have the one side. I'd love for the Vikings even on background. I've reached out to a number of Vikings officials to get some background on this. I'm still waiting for them shockingly to get back to me. (laughs) So this is coming from the Dalvin side. I will say this much though, that even if the cap, this is the way they framed it to me. Even if the cap goes down, many millions of dollars, you can still frame a contract where Dalvin is being taken care of, where, you know, his contract eats up 6% of the cap or 7% of the cap or 8% of the cap. Their point is he's the face of the offense. And I don't think anybody would disagree. You're paying the quarterback ridiculous money. You're giving the running back in this case, cook what 250 to 270 touches in a season that you need to compensate him for that. And they absolutely need to find a way to, to pay him more than, what is he scheduled to make this year, $1.3 million? Yeah. What is he, the 35th highest paid running back or 39th highest paid running back entering this upcoming season, that they have to do something about that, but that there is a way to frame the contract where you can get out after two or three years, just like the Rams just did with Todd Gurley, like the Falcons did with Devontae Freeman, that there is a way to frame the contract where you pay Cook now, but you're not getting screwed on the back end. So if you want to make a move in two or three years, you can do that. You know, this reminds me actually of a conversation I think you and I had six or seven years ago when it came to, this might have been on a scoop session that we had uh, early on in the Mackey and Judd days, when Nikola Pekovic was up for a potential max contract. And I'm pretty sure you relayed a conversation you had with Flip Saunders one time and 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 Pekovic's, you know, Pekovic was putting up great numbers for a big man. I think we would all agree offensively and in the paint during that era of the NBA, he was one of the better offensive big men in the league. And the problem wasn't that he wasn't a max caliber player. It was that he only played 50 games a year. And so I think you relayed a story about conversations between Peck's people and Flip Saunders in which, you know, Peck's people went to Flip and said, hey, He's a max contract guy, and Flip said, totally agree, prorated for 50 games, and so he's going to get $12 million instead of 17 or $18 million. I almost viewed Dalvin Cook the same way. Absolutely, Dalvin. You are a top-of-the-line, maybe not Christian McCaffrey money, but like you're definitely $12, $13 million a year running back guy, but you only play about 9 or 10 games on average if you look at your first three seasons so far, so we're going to prorate that money. That's kind of how I would look at this if I'm the Vikings, but I don't know how that conversation would go over with Dalvin's agent. <laughs> well, if you're Dalvin's agent, the comeback is less wear and tear with you know my client. Going back to Peck. That's, that's remember, a great Peck, way to frame it. <laughs> yeah, remember Peck was, was represented by Jeff Schwartz, who at the time had, he still does actually, Kevin Love. So, you know, when you have a power broker agent, I mean, Jeff, I mean, Jeff, if Jeff wanted to, he could be running the Knicks right now. Leon Rose got that job, but they wanted Jeff Schwartz. Like Jeff Schwartz is not a household name to many NBA fans, but 
people in the game know that, that he's got all this power because he's got all these big-time clients. So I think the issue there was, you know, like if we don't take care of Peck, what does that do long-term to our relationship with Kevin Love? You know, but as it relates to Dalvin, sure, I understand where you're coming from, Phil, that, that in three years he's yet to play a full season, that he is injury-prone. And we're talking multiple injuries. It's not just one. It's the knee. It's the shoulder. You know, it's the hamstring. You know, that he's had all these injuries. You know, so I think that's where the happy medium needs to come in. I mean, realistically speaking, he's not getting Christian McCaffrey money. He's just not. I don't think he's getting Ezekiel Elliott money, but can you find a way to make him the third, fourth, or fifth highest paid running back in the game? That will be the interesting question. Dugues, uh, let's switch to Gopher Hoops. Help me out. Who's coming? Who's going? And and, and am I right in saying that this has been one of the most convoluted recruiting periods as far as guys committing and then decommitting and then potential guys coming? It just seems like by the week things have uh, things have changed and been incredibly fluid when it comes to Patino's program. Well, I mean, it's not just Patino's program, Judd. I mean, I would argue that college basketball now has free agency. Mm. You know, especially now, fast forward a year, when I think the legislation will be in play that first-time transfers will be immediately eligible. Now, now they announced on on Wednesday that for this upcoming year, that's not the case. So, like, if you're Liam Robbins, the Gophers' big man transfer from Drake you're going to have to win an appeal, you know, and he's from the state of Iowa. Like if you're the NCAA, wouldn't you say to Liam, Hey, like if you want to argue, you want to be around family, why wouldn't you have stayed in the state of Iowa at Drake? Like we're not going to grant you immediate eligibility. Now his comeback is I want to be around like on a daily basis, specific family. My uncle Ed Conroy is the Gophers associate coach, but yeah, they have, they have two scholarship openings. They've called on a number of transfers. Right now, they're in on a kid that's transferring from East Tennessee State, but he may end up back at East Tennessee State, a kid by the name of Bo Hodges. They are in on the Austin, Minnesota native, Booth Gotch. It looks like his name is Booth Gitch. Or it's pronounced nine different ways, but the proper pronunciation is Booth Gotch. Poor Mike, poor Mike Grimm. So they're not going to the NCAA tournament is what you're trying to say? Yeah, well... The big dude's going to be really good, too. I mean, I think Luca Garza is back at Iowa, so Iowa's going to be good. Wisconsin yeah. has a bunch of guys. If you look at Michigan's roster for next year, if you look at even Indiana's roster, they have a really good player back. Illinois is good. Michigan State is always good. Like, the Big Ten is a serious grind. So, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be tough. I will say this much, though. If Robbins can win his appeal, he'll try. You know, he's going to go through the appeal process. If he can win his appeal... Then let's say Gotch. Let's say they end up with Booth Gotch. He's a good player, double-digit score in the Pac-12 last year at Utah. He could argue, I'm transferring to Minnesota because I want to be closer to family with the whole coronavirus thing. So maybe they would say the NCAA, you know what, that makes logical sense. We're granting you immediate eligibility. So let's say they had Gotch and Robbins on the court next year with Brandon Johnson, the transfer from Western Michigan. Then you've got Kousher. You've got Jamal Mashburn Jr. Marcus Carr is going to be back. I would be shocked. If he isn't back, I think that core would have a chance to do some stuff. Trey Williams is also a decent role player. I mean, they've got some guys. I think the kid from Illinois, I think he needs to put on some muscle, Martise Mitchell, but he's a part of this recruiting class. I think he has a chance, maybe more so in two years. Now, one year, you've got the kid from overseas, Enan, that showed some flashes last year, so he's back. So I would say if, if – Specifically Robbins, but also if they land another decent transfer, if those guys can be immediately eligible, 
I think the Gophers have a chance to be an NCAA tournament team next year. Doogie, where do things stand with Richard Pitino contractually? And to what degree did COVID-19 put any discussion about his future on hold? Well, I mean, I know that Mark Coyle was not interested in conducting a, a coaching search, you know, during this pandemic. Now, some programs have. I mean, Wake Forest let go Danny Manning. And they quickly settled on the East Tennessee State coach, going back to Bo Hodges, why he might transfer. His coach left. But, yeah, I mean, I know specifically Coyle and others at the university were not interested in conducting any sort of coaching search during during this pandemic. They were forced to because they lost their softball coach and they hired internally. You know, so that just shows you that, that I don't think Mark was interested in, in doing a bunch of Zoom interviews and trying to settle, you know, on a big decision, you know, without doing anything face-to-face. The buyout goes downfield to $1.75 million. It was $2 million. It goes down to $1.75 million until the end of April next year. You know, so it's a minimal difference. Like, if you were going to make the move now or in a year, you know, you're only saving $250,000, you know. So it'll depend, Phil. I think he's year to year at this point. You know, I do think it would help if, if you know, he's got the new assistant. We talked about that name a couple of weeks ago that I, I said, hey, bet on Jeff Malhot to be, to be an assistant coach. Malhot was officially hired earlier this week. Malhot's already making some progress, or at least he's trying to make some progress on some 2021 recruits. With local ties, Chet Holmgren of Minnehaha Academy. Kendall Brown, who's from Cottage Grove, he's at a prep school in Kansas right now, used to play at Eastridge. Like, if they could land one of those guys, that might be a long shot, but if they could land one of them and they've got the kid from Alexandria uh, coming in, Thompson, you know, like they have some, you know, some momentum, you know, if they land one of those guys. But, but certainly with Thompson, they could have a little momentum with their 2021 recruiting class, so maybe that could save Patino. But I just think if they end up having a down year and we return to some level of normalcy, then I guess I would not be surprised if if this time next year we're talking about a new Gophers yeah. coach. All right, Doogie. Uh, any other any other scoops in your bag you want to roll out at us here before we say goodbye? Sure. No progress on the Anthony Harris contract extension talks. I mean, those talks have been ongoing for a while. They have until July 15th. Uh, but the clock is ticking. I mean, Anthony... Now, granted, Anthony was making six figures last year. He's now set to make, what, $11.4 million, so it's hard to feel sorry for him. But this was worst-case scenario for Anthony. Like, he really wanted a long-term deal. The New York Giants were willing to pay him really good money, but the Giants and the Vikings could not agree to, to trade terms. You know, so Anthony still wants a long-term deal, but it'll have to be here. So those talks are ongoing. Zeke Najee, Hopkins High School, University of Arizona, Pac-12 Freshman of the Year interviews this week, virtual interviews this week with the New York Knicks, Detroit Pistons, and Milwaukee Bucks. McKinley Wright, I think ultimately he ends up back in Boulder for his senior year at Colorado, Champlain Park High School, point guard. But he's had virtual interviews recently with the Dallas Mavericks, Indiana Pacers, Denver Nuggets, and Utah Jazz. That is Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. Let your wife cut your hair, Doogie. Just let her cut your hair. Let her do it. No, no. She means well. Dawn to cut my hair. No, 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 no. That's a bad idea. Bye, Doogie. Bye. All right. See you, Phil. Bye-bye. Find Doogie's Scoop Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or scorenorth.com. I think he's crazy. I'd let my wife cut my hair. I told her to cut my hair. Why don't you guys just shave your head like like a real man do? This great head of hair. This is the only thing I have working from the chin up. I I cannot afford to cut the hair. I was going to say, I'm 50. I got a lot of hair for 50. This is impressive. I got a mop top. Well, maybe Judd can teach Declan how to bulk up below the chin. Sure. You know. Declan can teach Declan's Jeff a few got, hair tricks. Declan's got no chance of gaining weight.
Well, no, I've been trying for 27 and a half no, years. No, no, I'm just so, saying. Actually, I was a fat baby, and then I rolled out after one. That's exactly what happened. I was the fattest of the four. Your Jealous. metabolism is way, understand. way too good. It's great. The hamster ball just always spinning. Jealous. Hamster <laughs> ball. It is. It's a hamster ball. I got nothing for spinning it. Spinning off though. the claws, no, spinning off the weight. I like that. I just got nothing for it. I just uh, just got to notice that, our, that my local liquor store is having a seltzer sale through the weekend, so that's a dangerous. Oh, dude. That's dangerous. It's probably because of you. Man. It's probably it cause because of, of you. Me. I went there yesterday to pick some up, and I have fallen in love again with Mango White Claw. I might have to redo the power rankings. Dude, go. Here's what you I might have to, I might have to redo them. Go buy, because you need volume and you need sample size. Go buy a case of every flavor of White Claw and report back to us on Monday or Tuesday next okay. week. Right. Enjoy, I've, you guys. I've heard some stores that do a full 24-pack of White Claws. I've yet to find, find those, because if that was the case, that'd be a complete game changer instead of the 12-pack. Wow. I'm, uh, I'm with Declan on this. All man. I know Mango is White Claw. the Surly Monster got me again last night. And it was just, again? It got me again, yeah. Wow. It's always lurking. How many? You had nine on Monday night, you told yeah, your us. Yeah, flu game. Yeah, um, let's see. I had three Surleys last night, and then I went to... Um, tall Boys or just... No, 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 not Tall Boys, just the normal cans. Okay. And then I went to um, uh, the other beer. I probably had about six or seven last night. Two nights ago, I had two Claw Tall Boys, which are... It's at least four Claws combined in the in the two, and two-thirds of a bottle of Chardonnay. Wow. How do you do that? Don drinks wine. How do you drink wine? I, I hate wine. It, I can't do it. Good, the only, it's a good little sipper. I, I did buy some Prosecco yesterday. I wanted some Aperol spritzes. It was a really hot day, and I love me an Aperol spritz on a hot day. Straight up. Brought <laughs> a bottle of Prosecco. Unbelievable. You're a, and some Aperol. Unbelievable. And some claws. Yeah. But wine. I'm kind of, I want to do this exercise and go into each of my checking account and my credit cards and see how many times I went to my local liquor store Dude, in the last two actually, months you and know how what? much money That's I spent. That's what I'm supporting right now. American Express and, and, and a couple of the cards, I have a, I have a, like an American Express and then a Chase card or something. And it shows you when you yep. log in the percentage of money each month that goes to each thing. Yep. Oh yeah. It yeah. is and? disturbing. I checked it Let's once it. and I'm like, never again oh, no, will I ever check this. Air. Never again. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We got to do this do on we the can, air. We can do it. How do you do the wine drunk, though? That's what I don't understand. It, makes you, it makes you goofy. <laughs> it makes, like, maybe it makes like you the, goofy. It makes me sophisticated. <laughs> the, it makes me suave. The, the wine drunk, I can't do it. The wine drunk is the one I just I don't understand do how people go. Like I will it. say the drunkest I've ever been in my life. Oh, wine? Is wine. Oh, it was yeah. red wine, and yep. it was in college. Yeah. And it it's was bad. it was in, instead of playing beer pong, we played wine pong. Oh, and you know how with beer pong, you fill the cup up like halfway or whatever. Well, we just say, yeah, like we get to fill the cup halfway. So each cup was filled half of half oh. a red soul cup of wine. Gross, and there's dude. 10 cups on the table. <laughs> That's so crazy. I echo Declan dude, on this. We played like three games. Did you get we kept, sick? We kept winning. So we kept playing. Did oh, you get boy. sick? I don't remember the end of the night. I do oh, remember man. eating two McChicken sandwiches at the oh. McDonald's in Dickytown. Oh. Everyone has made mistakes at the Dinkytown McDonald's. That's <laughs> As long as it stays, okay? I saw some speculation that, that it might get bought and torn down for some towers or something, no. which, by the way, you've got plenty of on campus. You don't need. Exactly. Don't touch that. Our Arby's is gone. Big Ten is gone, okay? Leave the damn campus McDonald's alone. Gone. Yeah, leave. Exactly. And actually... Leave McDonald's alone. Can I say just a quick word for the most terrible restaurant closing? There's been all these great restaurants closing, and hopefully restaurants can hang on. Freaking Bar Luchador on campus just closed a couple weeks ago. That's bad. Where was that one? Bar Luchador was this amazing taco shop themed with wrestling 
Yeah, it's a great wallpaper. Spot. They ran. They had gatherings for like Monday Night Raw. Campus. It's where the old campus pizza used to be. Right. At, well, the, it's where the old new campus pizza used to be. They both closed. It's like right by Raising Cane's, basically. Oh, okay. Over in Stadium really? Village. Yep. Such a great spot. Amazing food. Theme nights. Always packed. And Man. COVID wiped it out. Just ridiculous. Terrible. So Bar Luchador, pour one out. I so, want to see this bill, though. I want you to bring in the itemized credit card bill to see your expenditures. I think this could be very fun. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Uh, don't be embarrassed. Are you guys ready? I've for- had 16 beers in, three, in a three-day period, <laughs> and I didn't have any in the middle, okay? Are you guys ready for Action Movie Rewind tomorrow? Yes. Speed? Oh, okay, okay I'm a little bit upset, though, because I went last night. I didn't watch it again. I've seen it like eight times. But I went and said speed into my remote control. It's not free. I got to pay four ninety nine for it. How can speed not just turn up as free from like HBO? I'm one of those people that find like that's how I watched uh, the last one. I just Googled watch this free and I probably got a bunch of viruses, but I didn't have to pay the four dollars. I'm one of those. I just think speed should be. I think. No, I don't want that. But I I just think speed should be free. Like speed. It's it's on all the time. Is it out of print? It's a four bucks. Like, is it principal? Just don't drink an extra Surly. No, it's, make up for the four it's the principle of if it was a film that wasn't shown on television constantly, then I'm fine That's with right. the price. But speeds on like TNT and whatever every weekend, basically. Well, let's just say of all the action movie rewinds to okay, this point, I, I, just, I have the strongest opinion I've had about oh, wow. any action movie about speed. Like tomorrow. about the whole movie or about mm-hmm. one particular thing? About in the it. whole movie. Really? Yep. Ooh, I'm excited. Oh boy, this makes that it is tomorrow all worthwhile on Action Movie Rewind. If you could, listeners, if you're still for some reason still listening to this conversation, <laughs> we appreciate. It. No, uh, if you could give us a five star rating on Apple and a positive review, that really helps spread the word about this show. And don't forget to check out our daily Vikings conversations on the Purple Daily podcast feed and our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/ScoreNorth, where you can click the subscribe button. And support us there as well. We'll see you tomorrow for Action Movie Rewind Friday. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plug Door Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them. And Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players. That is, until they don't. When it comes to finger pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry, we console our brother, we don't point the finger, we go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? Because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.